good morning, evening, night, whatever it is, whenever you're listening, it is time for another Slow Your Roll. It's been a little bit. It's been two weeks, I believe, right? It's been a while. Yeah, it ha- yeah it's been a while. Uh, we went on vacation. We went to Florida. Uh, me and Dom here. Mm. I am Jesse from the Yankee Way Report. I'm here with Dominic Lorenzano. And yeah, welcome back to Slow Your Roll. Welcome back, Dom. Welcome back, me. Uh, we got, you know, a little bit to cover. It's been a, it's been a while. <laughs> uh, we're gonna talk uh, Patriots. We're gonna talk uh, basically the AFC in general and try to break it down a little bit. Yeah, for you. after another weird Sunday of just, it's been a weird two in. weeks. It, it has been. It has been. This is the NFL, and this is that middle of the year where teams start getting injured, the doldrums of the season. You get opponents that are playing for their season in one game where another team isn't. Like just weird things happen in the middle of the season. Yeah. Well, we're gonna also we're gonna talk some Red Sox. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna dive into maybe what they could do this off season. Uh, we're gonna talk a little Eagles. We and Jalen Hurts more specifically. Yes. Uh, you love him or you hate him. Uh huh. But you love to talk about him. I do. And we're gonna talk a. A little bit of basketball today. Yeah, we a are. Bit, a little bit of basketball. Well, basketball, some other things as well, you know, yeah, but, up here on this episode. Yeah, but Dom, I'm going to hand it off to you real quick so we can get the opening rant, opening right. segment, really, right now. Yes. Because it's going to be a little bit of a long one. I don't, I don't know if it'll be too long, but... Well, it's going to lead into deeper discussion. It will. It will. All right. But I'll let you go. All right. All right. There is a reason why we came up with the name of this show to be Slow Your Roll. For, for situations like this. This is funny, and I love New England fans. You're all so passionate. First, it was the Pats aren't a good team after they lose to the Saints, and now all of a sudden, oh my gosh, it's Super Bowl. But the real thing I want to talk about is Mac Jones. You all need to calm down. You need to slow your roll on Mac Jones a little bit. That's one. <laughs> That's one. Uh this uh, I'm starting to see now, is he the best rookie quarterback of all time, comparing him to Brady? Oh my gosh, their numbers are kind of similar. Well, let's be honest about comparing passing numbers and why Max probably look better than Brady's. It's a little bit of a different league. It's more of a passing league, and it's easier to have a high completion percentage and complete passes now than it was in Brady's time. But here's the real thing. The story of this season for the New England Patriots, is not Mac Jones. They are not winning games because of Mac Jones. Now, they are not winning games in spite of Mac Jones, which is all I feel you should really be asking of a rookie quarterback anyway. But the story this year for the New England Patriots is how much better Bill Belichick still is than the rest of the league and the system and the structure that they have built there compared to the rest of particularly the AFC. The... Listen, the Pats this year, this is a great stat for everyone. The Pats wins this year have come two against Robert Sala, first-year head coach. Matt Rule, second-year head coach. First-year head coach Arthur Smith. First-year head coach Brandon Staley. Are you noticing a theme here? Are you noticing a trend? The other one, Kevin Stefanski, second year. David Cauley, first year. Bill Belichick, because of what he has built, his smarts, but also the staff, Everybody there, they kind of have a second head coach on the team in Josh McDaniels. Let's be honest. Their OC is a head coach. The structure that they have built, when they go into games, they already have such a huge advantage over everyone else, particularly new coaches. 
These new coaches don't know how to game plan completely yet as an NFL head coach. They were all coordinators beforehand. Half of them are offensive, except for Sala, but he has to deal with the Jets. So they're not able to confuse Mac Jones. They're not able to get the drop on Josh McDaniels. McDaniels can pick him apart. He can make sure that Mac is in situations that aren't too confusing and make things easier for Mac. And we all know what Bill Belichick and his defense can do to a first-year quarterback or a first-year head coach or almost any offense. I mean, that Thursday game, that is a veteran quarterback in Matt Ryan who's been around the league, and they shut him out. 25. That's a bad Falcons team. It's not with that didn't have Ridley. I know they don't. They don't have Ridley. I understand that. Um, who else did they lose? Listen, I'm not saying the Falcons are a good team. No, someone else was injured. But still, on that shutting team. somebody out in the NFL is a, is a big deal. I mean, he just worked Arthur Smith. He absolutely worked him. He worked David Colley in the second half. He worked Kevin Stefanski in his offense, and obviously, he's worked Robert Sala both times. This season is about the institutional structure of the New England Patriots and what Robert Kraft, Bill Belichick in particular, have built, and Josh McDaniels on the other side for the offense. You have a little head coach right there. Mac Jones, I will give him credit. He does three things just great. Super poised. He is an anticipatory thrower of the football, which is a big thing where you're not just throwing to the open guy. You can anticipate and throw guys open a little bit. He is able to do that. And the third thing and the biggest thing is he doesn't make the head-scratching dumb mistakes that most rookie quarterbacks make. So those are three very important things. But let's not act like Mac Jones is the greatest thing ever, the greatest rookie quarterback of all time, and the engine running this success. He is a cog in the machine. I'm not saying that he's not going to be great. I'm not saying he's going to be bad. I don't know yet. I love what I've seen. He's even more pro-ready than I thought. But New England fans have got to calm down a little bit. And it's about to get real, real quickly now for Mac Jones. you got the Titans, and you got the Bills twice coming up. That's going to be where the rubber meets the road, and we're going to see exactly where Mac is at right now. But like I said, Mac is a cog in the machine. They are winning games with Mac. They are not winning games because of Mac, and they're not winning games in spite of Mac. This is about Belichick and the structure that he has built over there in New England compared to the rest of the league, compared to the AFC, which is a bunch of new coaches, everybody starting over all the time. Let's not, it's not a coincidence that their worst game was against Sean Payton, who's been in the league forever, and the New Orleans Saints. They also lost to Dak Prescott and Mike McCarthy. They've both been around the league for a long time. You don't like Mike McCarthy, though. I don't love Mike McCarthy, but... I don't think that you can work McCarthy the same way you can work a first-year head coach a lot of the time. They also had trouble against uh, a guy we like and a guy that used to work for the Patriots and Brian Flores. Yeah, okay, game, but here's game two. one. I know um, it was game one. Flores is his third year now, and by the way, even bad. Like no one thought Matt Patricia was a good head coach, but there is a there is a history there where actually Bill's assistants do really well against him. Yeah. But we also, we've said we like Brian, uh, Brian, Brian Flores, Flores as a head coach. It's not going well this year. No, it's not. But I, I mean, do like Brian Flores as a head the, coach. His first two years, I really like. And by the way, this is another thing that's going to go into what I said about why Bill can have so much success and what the story is. You know this talks about firing Brian Flores now. I mean, this is this is why Bill can just work. Good. Come, this, come home, Brian. I'm just saying, this is why Bill can just work the rest of the league. 
because nobody's patient. You got to give these coaches some time, man. It's ridiculous. That's why Bears don't fire Matt Nagy. I don't want to hear it. You can't keep starting over again all the time. Oh, oh, they should fire Matt Nagy. Oh, come my on, gosh, he his offensive schemes are awful. He had to Absolutely change quarterbacks awful. partway through. Baltimore's a really good team. It does. It's never worked for either of them. What are you talking about? Fields has looked better. Fields is getting better it's, each week. It's getting better, but like... So if your rookie quarterback is getting better, you just think you should fire the head coach and hand him a whole new playbook? No, but like Matt Nagy is not a good coach, though. Oh, God. If you just... Yeah, that specifics... No, you shouldn't fire him just for that. No, but he's just not a good coach. Okay. Matt Nagy's we'll not going to get cut. I don't think I don't think he has a lot to work with. But anyway, but don't fire Brian Flores. It's ridiculous. And all these. Other I don't things. think Miami should, but I want them to. <laughs> I know. I mean, I would laugh. I would think it was funny. But yeah, everyone, calm down on Mac Jones. I don't want to hear the Brady comparisons. Don't tell me he's the best rookie quarterback of all time. He's not Justin Herbert in his rookie season. He's not. I don't want to hear it. Mac. They don't ask him to do a ton. He makes a couple of really great throws every couple of weeks. I feel like that Kendrick Bourne throw. Against uh, was it the Chargers game or the Browns? It was Chargers. Browns. Oh, it was the Browns, Browns game. That was or like he split the yeah. Defense. That yeah. Was, that was a hell of a throw. But he's not. No, doing, he's not doing that constantly. He has made some great just touch passes, just over defenders, right in the receiver. Well, that's why I said he's talking about being able to like anticipate. He is an anticipatory thrower of the football, which is a big deal as a rookie. But they're winning games because of Belichick, the system, and all that, not because of Mac Jones. All right. I'll give you some time to rebut here if you have anything to say. Oh, no. Hey, I mean, hey, I, I, I agree with a lot of that. Like, I, this is a very run-heavy offense right now. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. The defense is clearly the strong point of this team. I just want to say one, because, again, I'm not knocking him. This is the way to do it. This is the way you should do it with a rookie quarterback. I'm not trying to knock Mac. Mac is doing exactly what you should expect a rookie to do. Sure. Uh I wasn't actually. I would kind of wish they kept Cam. We were talking about we're going to keep Cam. We're not going. He's not going to play game one. And yeah. Stuff like that. But it's it's working out well. We I see not improvement every week, but over, from game one to now, there's been absolute improvement. Uh, I mean, from the entire team, even. Mm. Uh, but like, yeah, like the game that Falcons game, they ran all over him. Oh yeah. He made he made some nice throws. But he didn't have to make a lot of throws. No. And a lot of those throws he made were he was just not really under a lot of pressure. Um, they got to him a couple <laughs> times, but for the most part, when he had for the throws that he made, like he had time, the receiver was pretty open too. Oh, it's great having Trent Brown back in that. Yes, it is. <laughs> he is a he is I almost swore there. He is a monster and I love him. Yeah. I'm so glad they brought him back this season. because um, I he also he really helps with the run game. Oh, yeah, he does. Um, and your top runner was not even Harris, who had a good game, yeah. uh, but it was Stevenson. Yeah, I know. And it seems like, and I, I really like Stevenson in the preseason, but whoever they put back there works. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. This is very much not, Mac Jones is not the reason we're winning. No. He's helping. Yeah. It's nice to have a kid this poised back there, this much who wants to learn, mm-hmm. um, and who can seem to learn pretty quickly. Mm. Um he knows the playbook pretty well. There's not when things go bad, it doesn't seem to be miscommunication. It just seems to be the other team was better and this offense is still young and not explosive, mm-hmm. which is what you like to say. So yeah, I hundred percent agree that this is not Mac. I really like how this Mac Jones experiment is going. I think he's a lot better than I thought. I did not like the draft pick, but now I'm very I'm hype about him. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, but we, but we in the future, we need to calm down the hype a little bit, though, guys. No, I mean, Pat, Pat's nation, like we need to calm know. down what he's doing right now. But I am hype of what he could be. Uh, yeah, people are getting ahead of themselves. <clears throat> yeah, um, this is not a Super Bowl team yet. I was literally just about to ask you that. Uh, Despite the fact that we're in front of the Bills now, I don't think this is a Super Bowl winning team either. I don't think it's a Super Bowl capable team either. No. And thing. that's why I said the rubber is about to meet the road when we're about to face the Titans and the Bills twice. Yeah. Now, we might beat the Bills from one of those, but I expect they're going to go one and two. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, really, I think we could re- beat the Titans, but I think you're going to go one and one with the Bills. And the problem with that is... After the Titans just lost the game, did you see what the, de- what the you Titans have, we have, defensive front did to the Rams? I mean, we have 10 games to prepare... I know. No I know. Derrick Henry, which I, I mean, the th- our defense is, the weak point of our defense seems to be our run. run defense. Yeah. And they don't have Derrick Henry. Their strong point still is a run game. Yeah. Um, they have a uh, just a good line and stuff like that. Um, but I, I don't know, our defense is getting pretty excited about No, I know. I love our defense. I just. So, I, and I think we can mess with Brian Tannehill. I don't know. I, I, I think. I have a lot of respect for Mike Vrabel. Oh, I and do I too. Think, and I think Vrabel will have them dialed in and ready to go. And I don't think you're going to confuse Tannehill the way that we've seen Bell confuse a bunch oh, of other Oh, no, I don't think it'll be the way he confused Herbert last year or the way he just plays games with Sam Darnold. But, like, I don't think Ryan Tannehill, certainly at this point in his career, is a very good quarterback. He's a height. But, like, I, I think our uh, secondary is good enough to... I mean, if you can cover A.J. Brown, mm-hmm. who is limited this season for the pretty much the entire season. Mm. So I, I, I feel good. I feel good about that game. I still think you're going 1-1 against the Bills, and the problem with that is you are 2-1 and one against your division right now, and you already played the Jets twice, and you lost to the Dolphins. Yeah. So you kind of, if you want the division, you kind of need to win maybe both those games against the Bills. You might have to, yes. So, yeah. But yeah, I, we will I, I, we will really see what Mac Jones is capable of. In we will. I, and listen, I'm not saying Tennessee is coming in here and putting up 30 points on the Pats. I don't think so. I just I can see the Tennessee defense also shutting our offense down. No, I think it'll be a low scoring kind of slugfest game. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I just I don't know. I'm feeling good about it. All right. All we right, have 10 we'll days see. to prepare for it. I know. I do like I do like the extra time that Bill has. That uh, that's always meaningful. But I mean, back to my original thing. I mean, it literally half the time in these games, it's like the Patriots just show up and already have like a three point advantage over their team, the other team, just because of what Bill is worth and what the rest of the league is now, particularly in the AFC. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It's crazy the advantage that they just before the ball is even kicked off, the advantage that they have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's been just because there was of a lot structure. of mistakes at the beginning of the season. There was. They've, they've polished it up a bit. There was a lot of penalties and uh, just kind of d- things you don't really see from a Bill Belichick team. But it's, I don't know, it's certainly gotten better. Yeah. All right. I think we can move on now. All right. All right. Jesse, I'm going to turn it over to you real quick here for rapid fire news. Rapid fire news. All right. We're going to start with a little baseball. Ooh. All right. So uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Long time Red Sox. I guess long time at this point. Yeah. Uh, he he has left us. He went to the Tigers. Sad to see him go. I was going to say, I'm really crying over here. 
Yeah, you know, sad is sad to see him go. Not sad over that contract though. <laughs> okay, if you're gonna go for that money, you can go somewhere else. But it was Tigers five years, seventy-seven million dollars. Is that what about fifteen million a year? About that. What do you think he's worth? I think he's worth Eight. about ten. I think he's worth about ten just because he doesn't get hurt a ton. And if you look at his innings pitched, I mean, he's consistent at least that he can log innings. Yeah, quality innings. Yeah. But I'm not. I don't want to pay fifteen million for a guy that, at best, is a number three starter. Yeah, at, at best. And this one and eight, nine, yeah, ten, I guess. Yeah. Um. All right. Another baseball news. Noah Syndergaard. I like this deal. I really do. With mm. the Angels, one year, twenty-one million dollars. You know, you're gonna give him some money, but it's just a one-year deal. Mm. Take a chance. If it works out for everybody, then you then then you talk long term. But the Angels need some pitching. Horribly. So I, I like this little risk they're taking because it's not that big of a risk. It's low risk, high reward. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, this morning, uh, the Red Sox exercised their club option for Alex Cora for 2023 and 2024. Mm. So Alex Cora here for the next couple years. All right. Hockey news. Bruins played some games. Mm. Schedule maker keeps screwing the Bruins, but hey. They played some games. They played two games this week, and oh, they were back-to-back. They went one and one. So NHL messing with the Bruins for whatever reason. Uh, some A little bit of basketball news. The Celtics played the Lakers on Friday night. Mm. That's always big news, you know, mm. historic rivalry. Uh, they won 130 to 108. We're going to talk a little bit of Lakers later. Yes, we so will. I we actually wanna, will. I did want to just put that in there. Uh, and finally, to end rapid-fire news, the Lions... Remain winless. They lost to the Browns 13-10 to in a just horrible game. Yeah. Uh, but that has been Rapid Fire News, mm. which that can take us into our next segment. We talked a lot of Pats. Now we're going to talk the rest of the AFC. Uh, we're going to talk who do, our, who do we think are the favorites, outliers. Um, what the hell is up with them? Yeah, I know. I have, I mean, I have a list of a couple of people who I seem mm. just to separating themselves from the pack the real the teams that i think are probably almost definitely going to be the playoff teams mm. um i have the bills ravens titans chiefs pats colts and chargers mm. those are my teams that i feel are separating themselves from the rest who do you think Don? Well, I, some of your teams. I have a thing in the AFC. I think it's funny, though. It's like, so the beginning of the year was madness. The Bengals were great. The Raiders were great. Blah, blah, blah. Now we're into the middle of the season. This is why, like in the NFL all the time, uh, I forget where I heard this, but so the Sundays are crazy, but the year is mostly predictable. Well, look who's at the top of their divisions. The Chiefs have somewhat figured it out. They're back at the top of their division. Uh, the Ravens are at the top of their division now. The Pats are now at the top of their division. Mike Vrabel and, and the Titans are at the top of their division. Like it's it's funny how that works out. Individual Sundays can be madness where you never saw some of the things happening. But like the year ends up mostly predictable. Um, yeah. But I do think the AFC has a huge problem in general, which is I just don't think anyone is even close to elite. No, no, I I feel I kind of feel the same. I feel every team is. Kind of can could beat each other. Yes, there's no real outlier yeah. here. And I think Indianapolis had their coming out party uh, on Sunday, whooping the Bills, 
And I think they're a really good team. I think the Colts are as good as anybody pretty much in the AFC, but they got off to such a bad start that, I mean, I don't, I don't know how much they can really be contenders because they're going to be a wild card team. No, I'm not as hyped as you, the road. but they still oh. made my list. Yeah, I know. Um, I, I, I want to talk about this for a second. I'm sorry. I, you hate him, and he can drive me crazy sometimes, too, because he can do some dumb things. But I don't understand how you can not look at this and think that the Colts made the right decision by bringing in Carson Wentz. Uh, He's played, he has played pretty well. He he looked bad in the two Titans games, but he's played pretty well. And what the heck else was on the market? Uh, I guess um, Cam Newton. No, <laughs> no, Carson Wentz over Newton any day. But I mean, here's the thing: Carson Wentz. He had that amazing season. Then he got hurt. Yeah. He so he has flashes of greatness. Mm. I know he can throw the ball well at times. And for a lot of the times, it's his biggest problem has been his decision making, his poise. He doesn't really have a lot of poise, hmm. um, and he can't. He can never make the correct decision in a big moment. It seems. And when if you put him under pressure, he'll just toss it to somebody. To any, he's re- no, anybody. I, he's reckless, but he's getting. Well, he's not getting better at the reckless thing. I have but seen I would the, not... some of the worst things I've ever seen out of uh, I Carson Wentz. No, I know. He's, I know. He he just can do some things that make you go, what the hell were you thinking? I understand that. I don't disagree with this idea he can't make big throws in big moments, though. He's played some good fourth quarters this year for the Colts. Yeah, but... Uh, I get the fact that he can totally give you a Ryan Fitzpatrick moment and just lose you a game, too. But... I think overall it's been a home run by the Colts because I think there was nothing else they could have done. I wouldn't call it a home run when he is flipping the ball to defensemen. Um, just oh, like, out, the, out the end zone? Yeah. Yeah, that was um, bad. Hey, Stafford I, did it a, hey, a couple hours later. He, that was true. That is true. <laughs> um, but, like, I, I think a lot of that, again, they have a similar thing with the Patriots, though. Mm. It's not necessarily the quarterback that's doing it. I know it's Jonathan Frank Taylor Reich is having an Ameri- amazing season. Oh, shout out to Jonathan and, Taylor. I love that man. Watched him all the and, time at Wisconsin, one of my favorite teams. And Hines is not a bad second either. No, I know. So, they have an I no, they have an identity. Frank Reich's a really good coach. I really like Frank Reich. They have a clear identity and the Colts are are solid everywhere. They're not special on defense really anywhere, but they're solid everywhere. I don't think they're special in the secondary in the linebacking court or up front. But they're solid everywhere. You know what I mean? Mm, sure, yeah. And they have Michael Pittman, who's now becoming a pretty good wideout. So again, they're not elite at wide receiver, but they're good enough. The real elite thing is the run game in Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. But they're a really solid team, and unfortunately I think they just got off to have a bad start that's going to sort of kill them in the end because they're going to have to go on the road all the time. They can't win the division because they already lost twice to Tennessee. Buffalo... Buffalo, I talked about with you this when we were doing the show. Buffalo has the same problems that Kansas City has now. They yeah, just don't. Josh Allen's got the yips. He he is just he's a wild man. Sometimes he's all over the place. He can be a real roller coaster. Again, I don't think they dot their eyes and cross their t's on offense. They don't do the simple things well. They they have almost no run game. So they are just like. A massive roller coaster. It's funny. The Chiefs and the um, the Chiefs and the Bills 
are the literal like antithesis of the Pats. They are all over the place, whereas the Pats are just steady. But the ceiling, the ceiling of the Bills and the Chiefs is a lot higher than what the Pats are right now. Uh, yeah, but I'm feeling that, ce- that ceiling is dropping. Because, I mean, with... You say that until watch the Chiefs of the Bills go out the next week and drop another 40 on somebody and look amazing. Oh, I always know the Chiefs' offense can at any time go off. And that's why, like, I never really count them out of games, even when they're getting kind of blown out. But it seems to be more vulnerable this season because, like, I mean, they got Edwards Hilaire back. That really helps. That might help them a lot, actually. We'll see. We'll see if the Chiefs start to being able to run the ball a little bit better now with Hilaire back. Yeah, um, but still, it's kind of just Hilaire, Tyree Kill, and Kelsey. Hmm. Has Josh Gordon played a game yet? Has he even been seen at practice? I have no idea. I he I heard he got signed. Never heard his name again. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't know. So I don't know what's going on with him. Uh but, like, I don't – I'm not that scared of the Chiefs' offense as much as I used used to be. No. It's – and that offensive line is not that great. Yeah. Um, no. And that defense is – it's gotten better over what, the past the Chiefs? few – Yeah, the Chiefs. Yeah. But, like, it's uh, – I don't think it's that good. No, I don't think it's that good either. But with the Bills – Despite their last win. But, by the way, Dallas was severely hampered in that game. Yeah. Uh, They're missing their two best pass rushers. And then CD Lamb. I wouldn't down. call it severely, but I like, would. They were, I still they think... were out. Wait, wait, wait. You were out with your left tackle, your Pro Bowl left tackle, Tyrone Smith, who they don't win a lot of games without him, usually in general. Then you lost Amari Cooper. Then you lost Lamb during the game. And you went into the game it without. Wasn't, it wasn't and going went, well with and Lamb. You went, and you went without your two best pass rushers in Randy Gregory and Lawrence. I honestly, I don't, I'm kind of thinking Dak Prescott's not 100% playing these games. He might not be either. Um, because, like, when uh, Lamb was playing, it wasn't going well either. And it was, he kept underthrowing people, I feel. Um, like, he had a bad pick to Lamb. Yes. Tried to force it to him. He just underthrew it. Yeah, he might be, he might not be 100% either. But that's what I mean by they were severely hampered in that game. But I still think, like, I don't, I don't, I don't hype up the Cowboys that much. But we're talking AFC. No, I know. Um, but with the Bills... Uh, yeah, no, you're right with the running game. Um, and I feel Josh Allen, after the last season, maybe a little too hype on himself. He feels he has to, he feels like he's forcing a lot of things. Mm. And the more he tries to pinpoint, be pinpoint accurate, just the more it just goes wild. He's, like he, I said, he's, he is a, he himself is just a roller coaster. He really is. Yeah. And I like him. I, I really think, like him. I mean, how can you not? He's yeah. six foot five, can run. 200 and something pounds with a rocket on. Oh, I would love him <laughs> on our team. Yeah. Um, he reminds me of a young, I've said this, a young Big Ben. Um, just nicer guy. Yes. Uh, but <coughs> I think he, yeah, he, he's, his problem is he's forcing too many things. And I also just the Bills in general have seemed to disappoint this season. Mm. Stefan Diggs is not having the season he's had. And, you know, people will be, I didn't expect him to go off the way he did last season. Um, but, like, Emmanuel Sanders has helped, but yeah, 
that's kind of that's kind of it. Those, those are the Beasley. Web. Beasley's been all right too. Oh yeah, Beasley's been pretty good. I um, mean, again, I don't, no, they have a good tight end in Knox, but like again, they I think they have plenty of things in the passing game. I think the only issue with the passing game is Allen can just be inconsistent, and then the other issue is just they're so reliant on it because they can't run the ball. Yeah, and they're. I mean, right now, right now in the AFC today, I think the Baltimore Ravens are the best team. Not because I think no, they I, have, not because I think they have a highest ceiling as the Bills and the Chiefs. But they have the ceiling, the coaching, and the consistency. You yeah, know what I mean, yeah. Uh, if they could just stay healthy, their biggest problem is kind of staying healthy. Really. No, I know. Um, and first halves. Yeah, sometimes they're, they're they're a pretty good second half team. But part of that comes with coaching. This ain't working, guys. We gotta adjust. Adjust. Um, so I no, I was actually thinking the same thing. Ravens. No. I think the Ravens are the best team in the AFC because like I can't. I can't decide anyone else. Like, I think it'll be like, I still think the Bills are going to win the East. And the funny thing is, the other thing is, who I think should be either the second or third best team, but they just, I don't know if it's the organization. I don't know if it's the coach. The the freaking Chargers, man. I don't get it. I mean, they can look, Justin Herbert is as good as anybody. They have all the talent in the world and they can look amazing in a first half. But they just do everything in their power to lose games that they should win. It's ridiculous. Like, what's the problem? They're like Atlanta, except they're talented enough that they still win a lot of the games. Mm. It's, uh, it's crazy. I've never seen a team just consistently just blow leads on stupid things and miss kicks. And, like, it's, it's I, I, it frustrates the hell out of me. Yeah, they let up. 37 points. To a Pittsburgh team that's nearly last, by the way, in passing yards per game, passing yards attempt, and points per game. It, I will, it was a lot of, like, there was a, the, the punt, the block punt, the special teams. But that's what I mean. And that's what the Chargers the do. <laughs> it was their the defense and special teams that kind of led. Um, I'm not blaming Herbert. Got, I'm saying this is what the Chargers do. Oh, you mean that's what Pittsburgh did? Yes. Well, I know, I know, but that's the only way Pittsburgh ever does anything these days. Yes, kind of. Yeah. But it's like you, you, you got a punt blocked on you when you had a comfortable le- like. It's just like the the most ridiculous things that should never happen in the big moments just happen to them. I don't know yeah. what it is. I don't know if it's an organization. I don't know if it should be Brandon Staley's fault. But like they were doing this before I Staley. Mean, I feel like the organization is definitely not that good because they ditched. <laughs> Uh, uh, San Diego. Yeah, people were mad. They uh, they already got the Rams, who they don't care about, uh-huh. and then they're like, "How about the Chargers too?" Who they really don't care about. Yo, how much louder was it in that stadium for the Steelers? Yo, it was that was hilarious. No, it was packed, and everyone was wearing black and yellow jerseys. That stadium's pro- that was probably its first sellout. And it was all Pittsburgh fans. Justin Herbert at home is probably having a hard time calling audibles yeah. and snapping the ball. I would never want to play for the Rams or the, char- the, char- or the Chargers. Wait, I wouldn't wait, want to play would, for either of them. Why would you not want to play for the Rams? Because they're fans. They don't have any fans either. Yeah, they do all right. They're they, just fair weathery. Because they're L.A. Yeah, I know. I don't know why they wanted so badly no, to go just, back that's to the L.A. Way, that's the way L.A. is. All right. Is there, yeah. any, is there any, anyone more we need to cover in the AFC right now? Um, I mean, no, we kind of covered it. We didn't. Well, we didn't. What do you think of the Titans' problems? I guess. Well, the Titans' problem is uh, uh, how much. Game. Well, 
I, I don't say I don't want to say it's a problem because it's not. Tannehill's competent. Tannehill's a very good quarterback. Is Tannehill good enough that he can no. that he can carry the offense now that there's no elite run game? That has yet to be determined. It didn't look like it uh, on Sunday against the Texans. But to be fair, Tennessee was due for an upset and regression. They played really well. They played a lot of big games. So, you know, this next, the, the, the Pats-Titans game is going to be really telling for both teams. It really is. It's yeah. going to tell me how much can, t- can Tannehill push this team forward. No, so I agree with that. That's my biggest issue with Tennessee. But listen, coaching, structure, defense, Tennessee's as good as anybody, too, in the AFC. I really like Vrabel, so. No, I think um, heck, a couple days ago, I would call them the best team in the AFC. Now yeah. I kind of feel it's the Ravens. Um, I think I think but, they're, I think they're a really bad matchup for Buffalo. I'll say that. I think the Chiefs could probably beat them. I think they're a really bad matchup for Buffalo. Good. Yeah. Um, well, also, I mean, they also have a health problem. Tennessee. Yeah. Well, we're, we're they're wideouts. I mean, because. AJ Brown's been off and on this entire season. Well, this is why these Julio weird things happen. He's not played at all. No, I know. This is why this has happened these last couple of weeks. We're in that part of the season though, where a lot of these teams have health problems. Yeah. Um, but it's like you know, it's so like kind of specific to their wideouts right yes. now, and like they don't have tight ends. Who's their tight end? I don't even know who their tight ends are. I forget. Um. So yeah. Yeah. Is that good? Yeah. No, that's good. That's good. I think. We're exactly where we should be. I see the ceiling for the Pats, uh, by the way, in the AFC Championship game. Really? At the highest. Okay. Because I still have the Bills winning the AFC East. No, I said making um, it to the AFC Championship. Yeah, but like that's, but that's a, the ceiling. That's a tough road if you're not. Do you? Who do you? Th- all right. I want to ask who are your who who are your division winners. Um, I gotta go look at the stand. I, listen, I'm not gonna. Uh, All right, I'll give you mine and see if you agree. I, okay, give me yours. Bills, first. Ravens, Titans, Chiefs. <sighs> I don't want to just go with the. Chief. I still see so many problems in Kansas City. I mean, if it's not, you know what? I'm gonna plant the flag and I'm gonna die on this hill. The Chargers. Really? Yes. I'm still gonna do it. I'm sorry. I just don't buy it with Casey. I still don't. I know you had that great coming out party in that one game, and then you beat a beat-up Dallas team. You didn't even put that many points up on Dallas, though. So uh, I think they still have problems. Oh, they still have problems. They have a lot like, of problems. I don't think Listen, the Chargers I'm, are no, I know. that great. Am I? Do I feel comfortable enough that I'd put money on it? No. Do I want to just go with KC just because... We're all biased to what we've seen over the past couple of years, though. Not really, because I still think they have problems. And I still don't think they're completely fixed. Mm. So, no, I'm going to go Chargers. I really okay. am. Yeah, I really am. I think the Chargers will overtake them still again. Okay. After that, Baltimore, by the way, I want, actually, I want to do one more AFC team. Cleveland. I think after that game against Detroit, I'm not making this about Baker and his talent. I, I might... Opinion of his talent level hasn't really changed, honestly. Uh, you can't pay him that kind of money. He's not really worth it. He's a solid quarterback. He is so beat up now, though. I kind of feel like they should go with Keenum. I really... Just dude, save he, his life? Just because, like, are you sure that now Baker this beat up is better than Case? I guess. And they yeah. look terrible against Detroit. 
horrible. Yeah. That was awful. Baker was awful. And I don't want to blame him because I know he's got a heel injury now. He's got a knee injury. And he still has the torn labrum and the non-throwing shoulder. Like, he is just a mess. Like, medically. Yeah. I kind of feel like they should just go with Keenum. I really do. But Yeah, because you might. One of those could turn really serious and. But be a real problem. It's not even just. I just think right now with Baker this beat no, up, I, I, I think Keenum is a better quarterback. I know what you're saying, but you're also you, you are killing this man, and you're making it worse. And every yes. week it's going to get worse because like. And I don't think this is a playoff team with with the way Baker's playing. Oh, they didn't make my list. I know they didn't. Even though talent wise, they should. But all right. Oh, sure. On paper, yeah, yeah. But, you know, this is Cleveland, and this is what it does. But here we are, and I don't have Pittsburgh, the Bengals, or them. <laughs> I don't know, that just division life is all wrapped up for the Ravens, I feel. Yeah, I know, right? All right. We are going to take a quick break now, and then we will be back talking about uh, one of my favorite teams that, you know, they've been a lot better than I thought, but I still have some thoughts on somebody here. And then uh, LeBron and the Lakers and some other things after that. So stick with us, guys, and we'll be right back. Thank you, everyone, and we are back here on Slow Your Roll. Dominic Lorenzano alongside Jesse Caulfield, as always, and we're going to get into this right now. A team that I had some strong opinions on going into the season. They've been a little bit better than I thought. I want to give Nick Seriani and the coach some credit. All right, they've definitely been better than I thought. However, put up 30-something points on the Saints. By the way, you beat the 40. 40, you're right. I'm sorry. 40 points on the Saints. You beat... A backup quarterback, no Alvin Kamara. Congratulations. You're better than I thought, 100%. You're also in a terrible division. But let's not, let, let, let's talk, Philly. Let's have, a, let's have a heart-to-heart here, all right? You still don't have the quarterback. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. I, I don't care how many points you put up the last two games. Jalen Hurts, in the last three games, has completed 11-16 and 13 passes. All right, he's had to run 16, uh, 10 times, 13 times, and then 18 times on Sunday. That is not sustainable at all. That is not an NFL starting quarterback. You can't run that much. Even Lamar in his first year completed more passes than this and ran a little bit less. Okay, Jalen has only competed 20 passes like three times this year. They have a losing record in those games. Jalen barely completes 60% of his passes. The league average last year was 66.5% completion percentage and a passer rating of 96. That was the 2020 quarterback average. Jalen Hurts is sitting at barely 60% and a passer rating of 90. 
he is far below league average and it's not getting better. If anything, it's getting worse because they're just saying, they, listen, Nick Sirianni and this coaching staff has figured it out now. We have to ask him to throw the ball about 20 times a game and he's going to complete about 50% of those. Again, 11, 16, and 13 completions in the last three games in a passing league now. No, you don't have the guy. And like I said, good for you. You put up a bunch of points on the Saints. Backup quarterback, no Alvin Kamara. But hey, Nick Sirianni, Philly, you're better than I thought. But you still don't have the guy at quarterback. You probably should have stuck with Wentz. Just saying. Or you need to seriously think about drafting somebody else. But I will let Jesse take over here. Mr. The Defender of Philadelphia. Ugh, Jesse Caulfield. Go. Tell me where I'm wrong. Don't, um, <laughs> never call me Defender of Philly. I, I will never defend Philly anything. I'll never defend the Eagles. I hate the Eagles. I hate the Flyers. I hate the Phillies. And I hate basketball. Um, but, so, I'm, I, I'm not necessarily a defender of Jalen Hurts. I just don't. It's kind of the same argument I have with Tua. Just like, hey, and I think Jalen Hurts. Who's better, Tua or Hurts right now? Who would you rather have? Came in the same place. Both came from Alabama. You hate Alabama quarterbacks. Uh, it depends on my roster. Okay. Uh, if I have nobody to throw to, then I have to go with with Jalen because he can run. Okay. I'd, I'd also pick Jalen because he hasn't gotten hurt yet. That is true, but if you keep oh. asking him to run 18 times, what is he, a running back? He's going to get hurt. Well, for a while, we joked that Lamar was a running back. Um, we did. So that's my main defense of him is he is young. Give this kid time. Uh, we said Lamar is never going to actually be an NFL quarterback. You know, he won that MVP. He, even when he won that MVP, he couldn't really throw. He ran and ran and ran and ran and ran. And that would, you oh, know. No, 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 no. We said he was an NFL starter. We just said we don't think he can get to a Super Bowl that way. I wasn't. We weren't really calling him an NFL quarterback at that point because oh, he was. ran so much. I was calling him an NFL. I just thought. We didn't have a show I, I back thought, then. I just thought there was a ceiling. Um, well, uh, you know, and I'm not even going to say he's Lamar. He's not as fast as Lamar. He's not as big as Lamar. He's not as agile as Lamar. Um, but what did Lamar learn to do this offseason? He learned to throw. And he's a lot better of a passer this season. So could Jalen Hurts learn to do that too, but still have this running game? Um, Kyler Murray likes to run. And, uh, you know, he's injured right now. And, you know, you said Jalen Hurts is not a big guy. So we'll see how long he can maybe keep this up. So maybe he should learn to throw the ball better soon. Uh, Kyler, um, but Kyler is an elite throw of the football team. Oh, no. Yes. But, like, you know, you can have a guy – that runs a lot. And, you know, Kyler loves when the play breaks down and loves to run. Um, when the Panthers were good with Cam Newton, a lot of the play calls were running. Now, 18 times a game, and a lot of, not a lot, but come, some of those were when the play broke down and ran, a couple of them. Um, but when you're calling, a, yeah, a lot of run plays, you can, you know, you look for that as a defense. And if he's small, he can't really sustain that. However, having an offense that can do that at any time, I feel is very valuable. It's much more valuable if you can throw the ball as well. Keeps the defense guessing. You have to honor both. 
So if he can learn to throw the ball, it's, it's also like, an advantage in the passing game because you have to spy the. No, that's what I mean. Like you are, you have to honor both mm-hmm. uh, options, uh, kind of at all times. That's why Mahomes is so dangerous. Kyler is so dangerous. He is not these things, but if he can learn to throw the ball like Lamar did, I, I don't have a problem with this guy. And I still think he can. It's his second season. He played half of last season, and he made the Eagles better when he did. And the Eagles are better than we thought this season. Yeah. So, and it's clear, like, they're going to go with this guy for a little while. They seem to be okay with this option for a little bit. We're going to try. I'm not saying they should give him a lifetime, Mm -hmm. but, yeah, I think it's fine. I like Jalen Hurts. I like him as a person, even. He's a okay. pretty cool here's, dude. Here's my last thing, okay? But the problem here is, and why it's different than Lamar or the other guys, there were questions about Jalen Hurts not being able to make the throws in college. That's why he got benched. So even at the college level, you weren't a good thrower of the football. So now I'm suddenly going to be able to think now in the NFL, you're going to be able to improve enough that you can be a competent enough thrower of the football to be a very good starting quarterback in the NFL when you couldn't even do it in college. No one in Louis, Louisville with Lamar in college said, oh, he can't make the throws. Now he got to the NFL and the throws got harder and you said, oh, uh, uh, I'm not in love with this. In college. He didn't have arm strength. Though. In college. Lamar didn't have arm strength Literally Jalen got benched because he wasn't a good enough thrower of the football. So, come on. Uh, now in the NFL, I'm going to think he's become a good enough thrower of the football that he can be a starting NFL quarterback. Hell no. Hell no. I'm uh, not buying it. I think he could. Now, the Eagles aren't a good organization to get it done, yeah. but he's better than we thought. Okay, fine. All right, Jesse, you want to move us into the next thing? We're going to talk basketball for a minute here. LeBron yeah. and the Lakers. LeBron James. So there was an incident last night. Yes. Uh, they were playing the Detroit Pistons. Yes. There was a free throw. And in the scrum, he elbowed. Pretty, you know, you look the replay. I feel it was pretty purposely, purposeful. Uh, the commentators tried to, oh, accidental. Yeah. Uh, but he elbowed Isaiah, I think it was Isaiah Simmons. Yes. In the face. Hard. Hard bleeding, hard bleeding, and then like I, an MMA elbow. Oh man, Isaiah Simmons kept going after him and after him. And they calm him down for a second, and they'd go again. And they both got ejected for this. And like, come on, LeBron! Like, this is such a. I'm gonna say it. Yeah, this is a bitch move. What a just bush league play. Like, this is childish, and you know. Some Heck. frustration. Yeah, like they were down by 10. The season's not going well. Nine and nine. Yeah. Um, you just came back from injury. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you're you acting like a like an a-hole. <laughs> I use my one swear, my one curse word. Yeah. Um, and, you know, LeBron is like, you know, he's a legend of the game. He's he's put up numbers, all this stuff. I don't like LeBron, but like he is, you know, a great athlete. He's been he's put up numbers, all this stuff. You know, he's won a couple championships. He has some rings, whatever. But how many legends of any game act like this when it's not going their way? 
when suddenly they're not winning anymore, when suddenly they're not dominating, when they're because they can't do it anymore. And it's, I don't know. What a pussy. <laughs> it was Bush League. Yeah, and it's just such a, I don't know, a horrible reflection. I don't like the Lakers, but it's a horrible reflection on a legendary franchise. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, I have... And I'm going to hand it off to you at that point, because you want to talk more about a little bit of Lakers. I so. do, I do. Because I had this rant. Uh, I think it might have been just the third show. Maybe it was even the second show. I don't remember. About coming into the season and how the Lakers were a great example of uh, a team that the brand is now bigger than the reality. And I think that's slapping him in the face right now. And it's slapping LeBron James in the face right now, which is LeBron is seeing his uh, his time tick away here in this league. He's getting injured far more now, and he's not the player he used to be. And he's surrounded by a bunch of other old people and a bunch of other unreliables. AD always gets hurt. Russell Westbrook doesn't win games. They're old. They're an old roster. And when LeBron's not healthy and doing things, they can't really win games. And this is why I said they're not a championship team. Hell, they're barely even a playoff team right now. Nine and nine. And I know it's the beginning of the year, but when your roster is this old, LeBron's already missing time and stuff, what do you think? Things are going to get better halfway through the year? And, if, you know, how many games they play in the NBA? 70-something games? No, it's uh, the same as the NHL, 82. Okay, 82. And in the 82-game season, you guys are 18 games in, and you're not that healthy. That's not going to get better. So... The Lakers uh, did with a lot of these sort of huge pinnacle franchises with the big names do when they're not run well and they're becoming desperate. They take big swings at aging players that are household names and it doesn't work out. That's exactly where Los Angeles is now. And LeBron should thank his lucky stars that he even has a championship in Los Angeles. Because if it wasn't for COVID and the fact that the the, uh, season shut down for like three months that let everybody get healthy for the Lakers and shorten the season and go play in the bubble, they wouldn't have a championship. So that's LeBron's situation now in Los Angeles, and that's the Lakers' situation right now. And I'm enjoying watching this. It's funny to me. And I also love that Golden State is back, baby, because I love Steph Curry. Because <laughs> Steph, is, Steph is the absolute opposite of like everything I hate about the NBA. He is very unselfish. It's not all about him, and they'll play with other stars. It's about the team. He's also very quiet. He's not very in your face. Yeah, I know. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, sure. Huh? <coughs> hey, this wasn't about Steph Curry, but I like Steph Curry, too. Sure. Yeah. Um, But, like, uh, uh, you know, this is LeBron is every kind of everything I hate about the NBA. Oh, he really is. And I, you know, it's... When it's the face of a, uh, basically the game right now, kind of a little bit, mm-hmm. at least people want him to be, and maybe not anymore. But like when he acts like this, mm. like this is exactly why I don't watch basketball. Yeah, it's because of people like LeBron James, and just like oh, the second I'm not winning, <laughs> I'm just gonna th- elbow innocent people <laughs> in the face. Okay. <laughs> No, I get it. Ridiculous. Yeah, yeah he, he is a prima donna. He's the biggest prima donna maybe Ridiculous. of them all. Ridiculous. All right, from that, we had a little baseball talk in Rapid Fire News. We're going to get into more of it, specifically the Red Sox in this offseason, what we think is on the market, what they should do, what they should do, not what we think they're going to do, because they had a 
interesting press conference. It was a while ago now, but uh, yeah, I would say it did not inspire confidence for anybody uh, who's a Sox fan about what they're going to do going into the next season. Jesse, I'm going to let you start this now, now that I introduced the segment, just talking about the press conference first. Okay, so... You know, they, every team, they have their just end of the season just little uh, press conference. They talk about, you know, how they felt about the season. Mm-hmm. What are some of the plans or the direction the, for the off season? And, you know, they were happy with what they saw. And, you know, how can you not be as a Red Sox fan? We made it further than we thought we would. Team's on the up and up. But, you know, as a fan, you think, now we're really going to go for it. Mm. Let's reach into our pockets. Maybe even go over the luxury tax. No. <laughs> it, they are like, hey, uh, we're on course. We're just going to get a couple pieces. We're almost there. And it's like, ah, no. And, you know, I thought this was a couple pieces away, but they didn't mean, are right, we going to get those couple big pieces. It's like, we're just going to get a little... Little things, it's a little lesser. We're gonna reach down, go a little down on the list of the free agents and sign those a little cheaper options, which is so John Henry. Mm-hmm. Um, so it didn't, ins- yeah, it didn't inspire a lot of hope, yes, here about because, like, you are, I feel, because I have a couple players mm-hmm. that I want. Mm-hmm. I think you are, I mean, you lost Eduardo, so I think you definitely need to go for. A starter now. You really need to go for a starter now. Uh, I wanted some bullpen arms, maybe, and I really wanted one nice offensive piece. Hmm. And I, I, I mean, I went outfield. Okay. Uh, I don't know about you. Mm-hmm. So, with that, I'm just going to segment into who I think. Yeah. Yeah, you can start it. Cool. I want Starling Marte on this team. Wow, that's a bit expensive. That's more expensive than I thought you would go, but. Yeah, but I mean, don't you think our outfield is kind of set though? I thought I thought if anything, you'd want a fourth outfielder, not a starter. Here's the thing: I don't want Schwarber back. I kind of don't. No, I don't think they'll re-sign Schwarber. Um, you know, uh, JD Martinez is coming back. Uh, you could have Kike Hernandez out there. You could have Renfro out there. You can have Verdugo out there. So, what are you thinking that you want Marte to play center and Kike can move to second? Yes. Okay. And Starling Marte is a much better option oh, for yeah. leadoff hitter. Yes, he is. Um, he's a 300 hitter. Yes. He, you know, not a big home run hitter. He's, I like. He led the league in steals, though. Also, by the way, he would have an uptick. In we, pa- he would have an uptick in power playing at Fenway than the places he's played. Oh yeah. Uh, Between Oakland and uh, Miami, actually, they're not very hitter friendly parks. Yeah, certainly Oakland. Yeah, Oakland's a large. Yeah. Yeah, it's a football field. <laughs> it's a football field. Um, that's where I I don't know about you. Mm. What is your offensive choice? Uh, I was going to go a little bit lower than that. I, I okay. was going to go fourth outfielder. I, I was thinking Corey Dickerson. Really? Okay. He's, he's someone left, I looked at. He's a left-handed bat. He's a very consistent professional offensive player. And I would rather spend, again, the money on the pitching. And again, again not a ton of money because I know they don't want to overdo it. Um, I have a very specific piece that I want in the pitching room okay. uh, that I would love to see. Okay. So I'll move on to that. By the way, here's a, Eduardo Escobar could also be another option that you could explore if you want to bring in a second baseman instead of an outfielder. 
I don't yeah, I looked at it. He's on the older name. side. I don't think he would. I mean, Sterling Marte is 33. I know he is. He is. I forgot about that. Um, but Escobar, I don't think would be a ton of money. Though he has very nice power numbers. But there is a lot of pitching on the market. Some of it elite. Some of it not as elite. By the way, there's so many bullpen arms on the market. Like, I, I don't even know how we're supposed to go through that. Yeah. I like, looked, it's not that looked, hard to, to get bullpen help. You never know how they're going to work. But Alex Cobb, John Gray, Michael Pineda, Drew Smiley, Alex Wood. Those are the ones I really circled okay. and looked at. Specifically the one I want. I would love it, and I wanted it in the trade deadline. I want John Gray on this team. John Gray is a very good pitcher with very good stuff that plays up at a breaking ball that would be better if he left Colorado. His numbers, since he's pitched with Colorado for so long, are not that great, so I don't think he's going to be overly expensive. But I do really think that his numbers would be so much better if he left Coors Field. He okay. strikes out people at a high rate. If you look at his advanced metrics, which I'm not always a huge fan of, but when you play at a field as bad as Coors, I like looking at them, which is like FIP, field, fielding independent pitching, um, and also takes into account uh, ballpark and stuff like that. It's always significantly lower than his actual ERA, sometimes by a full run. So I think that he's sort of like that gem that you could find that people don't realize. I would love John Gray on this team. Now, he's good enough that he will demand some money, but he's not going to, we're not talking about, he's not going to get Kevin Gossman money and Max Scherzer money and all that kind of stuff. My guess is he would be somewhere in the Eduardo Rodriguez range. But I think a sizable upgrade over Rodriguez, even though people don't realize it. So John Gray is the one I really want, but if you want to go cheaper... I would look at Drew Smiley, Michael Pineda, and Alex Cobb. Alex Cobb is really cheap. Actually, that would be a nice upgrade. Alex Cobb is another one I was look, really looking at too. Oh, really? I just I was I didn't quite like his age. No, I know. You don't sign him for six years. Yeah, you sign him for three, probably. Mm-hmm. But like, how much money you really think you're gonna have to pay Cobb? Nine million. Yeah, maybe. I think about that. Yeah, I was gonna say ten, ten to twelve, maybe. I don't think you'd have to pay with him the, twelve. With the, well, I mean, maybe with the free agent. Considering this was his first good year in a while, because he was mm-hmm. so bad with Baltimore. Now, I don't like holding that against people because it's Baltimore. For whatever reason, that's just where pitchers go to die, mm-hmm. um, or even young pitchers just never develop. I don't know what what's wrong over there in Camden, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I, I also looked at Alex Wood. But I don't think they'll go after a guy. Like I Alex think Wood. Alex Wood, despite the injury history, I think his numbers are good enough that it would get a little expensive. Yeah, that's why I was like, his I num- like Alex Wood, but I don't think. No, and his numbers are really good. Yeah. Now he has the injury thing, but listen, if Rodriguez is getting paid 15, Wood's probably going to demand 17, 18. Mm. And I don't think I want to give that up for Alex Wood. Okay. I, I, I also don't think they would. No, I know. No pun intended. But we're not. <laughs> um, but this is this is what they think we should do because we think. Yeah. Gonna, I think they're going to go real cheap. I think they're going to go. You know. Mm. You know, trash bin hunting. Honestly, mm. Austin Davies and Hansel Robles, <laughs> like that. There is a there, there was one name I saw on the free agent list that I was like, maybe I kind of wanted just just for my own personal. 
John Lester is on the free agent market. I don't know if you know. Oh, God. <laughs> and you know what? When he went... To I'd the, use him as a lefty out of he, the bullpen. He was okay down the stretch he for the was, Cardinals. Listen, but the Cardinals have some stupid voodoo magic over there. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah, they just fired it. Yeah, what what was that? By the way, we never talked about that, I don't think. What was well, We haven't been here that, that much recently. That was crazy weird. That was a while ago. Though. That was like a month and a half ago, though. Now. Was it that long ago? Yeah, it was during the World Series. Was it? Yes. Hmm. Or it might even not even been. It might have been during the championship series. It was quick. I don't recall exactly when. That must have been a, a disagreement between him and the front office, I really think. It might have been. Probably they want to be more analytics, and he didn't. Maybe, yeah. But that was weird. That was. That was super weird. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Do you have uh, do you have any do you have your own pitching things to talk about here for the Sox? Well, no, you you listed a lot of them. A couple of my, you know, uh, I, like Alex Cobb was one we looked at the same. Um, but like, I mean, if if you want to spend some money, uh, Rayson Iglesias is on the market for a great bullpen arm. Yeah, I don't want to go that high on a bullpen arm. I my opinion on bullpen is you is you kind of go quantity and see who hits and who doesn't because bullpens are so year to year. Mm. I also, uh, I want them to bring back Ottavino. Yes. I definitely want them to bring back Ottavino. I, I, yeah, I got that one. But there's like so many. There's Ian Kennedy on the market, Brad Boxberger, Alex. Uh, oh, yeah, Boxberger. I looked at Boxberger. Okay, you, wanna, you, you would want to bring in Boxberger? I think? wouldn't mind that at all. Yeah, he's a veteran. He's he's had a pretty good career. He's pretty consistent. I, I wouldn't mind that. Um, Ismero Petit's on the market. Alex Colomay's on the market. There's a gluttony of... of relief arms on the market oh i also i feel like i saw michael conforto on there i was like ooh, mm. i don't want that no i don't but want I conforto. Think, but i think it's gonna be that no i kind of i was like oh that looks like a that looks like exactly what heim is looking oh for, gosh for whatever I reason i don't want conforto no i don't want conforto but i saw that name and i was like oh there, there's another really interesting name on the market that i'm very interested to see what he gets and how much money he gets carlos rodon okay He's now 29, I believe, but he had an r- amazing season, like fringe shy young contender. But he has a long injury history. The fact that he didn't throw a ton of innings before meant that he had some arm and shoulder fatigue at the end of the year. And with all that, you would not. I'm just I'm very interested to see what happens because he has he's always had elite stuff and was considered elite. I mean, he was a third overall pick I just all the injuries derailed things. So I'm interested to see what kind of money he gets. Now, it's not going to be in Boston. I know that. But I just wanted to throw that out there as another name that I am fascinated to see where he goes and how much money he gets. Okay. This is all funny, too, because, like, you know, there could be a lockout. Yes. Which I'm sure we'll talk about at some point. I'm so mad about. Yeah. Baseball players are some of the richest and the best, like, you know. Most taken care of. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't love the whining. I mean, it, uh, if they I've get, heard I've heard nothing but not good things about how it's going. I know that's why I'm saying I think there's going to be a lockout. So, and you know what? The easiest way to fix what one of the things the players are bitching about what get rid of the luxury tax because that's why these veteran guys aren't getting the long term deals and the money anymore that they want, like the medium level guys, because we'll just call up kids. <laughs> there's so much talent in the young. Uh, prospect system we'll just call them up and save money because we don't want to hit those luxury tax things if you got rid of that those guys will start getting paid more again but be that as it may you know i get why they have the luxury tax but 
That's that. Don't don't. I don't want to hear about. Oh, it's the owners. Oh, no. It's because baseball did the luxury tax, and if you're going to do that, why would I start throwing 15 million or 10 million around for average veteran players? I just call up kids and they fill the roles. All right. Hmm. All right. I think I think we're good on that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. All right, guys. We're going to take another quick break before we have uh, some last two segments to finish it up and then our Tommy report and Darwin Award, as always. Stick with us, guys. here on slow your roll it's been great to be back jesse i've been missing this yeah uh, after I'm watching some fun. more football and stuff i've really wanted a mic in front of me to talk about stuff um i have the last two things to talk about before we get to our tommy report and darwin award as always starting off with this a new segment here on the show we're not going to do it every week but we're going to do it every time one of us just sees or hears a particular thing that during the week whether it be a media personality a player or anything says that really Strikes a strikes a chord of thinking it's ridiculous. So dumbest thing I heard this week: Carlos Correa has some very interesting opinions, completely unwarranted. I don't get why this was even came up, but he came out and said Derek Jeter didn't deserve any of the gold gloves that he received. By the way, the baseball came out with their gold gloves and all those awards. We didn't even talk about that. We probably should have. <laughs> we haven't been here much. No, I know. Who won the MVPs? Uh, it was Bryce Harper. Yeah, that's right. It was Harper and... Uh, Otani. And Otani, obviously. Yeah, that's right. And the Cy Young was... Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray, who's on the market, by the way. And... Uh, oh, I don't remember the NL. I don't either. Crap. I don't remember the NL one either. Whatever. It's fine. But anyway, Carlos Correa <laughs> came out and said that Derek Jeter didn't deserve any of his gold gloves. Which, Carlos, you're a free agent. And New York is one of the places that might want you. So what are you doing insulting a iconic person from a team that could probably spend the most money on you? Second, though, the self-awareness of Carlos Correa is seriously lacking because of all the people to talk about uh, unearned awards, awards they shouldn't have. Carlos Correa is the last or one of the last people who should be talking about that since he has a world series that he shouldn't have. So the, the self-awareness in this aspect of Carlos Correa, I thought was just mind bogglingly bad and he's an idiot. And by the way, he's actually, he's someone who's come across to me even before though, as someone who's probably kind of an a-hole kind of like Machado does. So I, he's not nearly as bad, Yeah, but he has come across to me as someone who might be kind of an a-hole. Um, so this didn't completely shock me that he would come out and say something, but 
Again, completely unwarranted. Why did you say that? And second, bro, you're the last person who should be talking about awards you've received that you didn't earn. So you have an interesting take on this because for some reason you found it annoying that I brought this up. Uh, not annoying because I'm fine that we're talking about it because yeah. it's kind of funny because his like I kind of agree with him. I don't think he really deserved those gold gloves either. He wasn't the greatest defensive shortstop. I get that he won him um, on reputation, but yeah. Um, and you know, Carlos Correa is a better defensive shortstop. Maybe not gold glove either, but uh, I didn't really look at the defensive and who exactly deserves all the gold gloves this year. So I'm not going to say he doesn't deserve it because he is a pretty good defensive shortstop. He's got a great arm. Um, but in terms of like. Oh, you're going to talk about uh, he undeserving awards. He didn't deserve. He wasn't going to win that World Series if they didn't cheat, which we can't prove, but maybe. They won Game 7 on the road. Yeah, but did um, they get there because of? Sh- yeah, no, there's always that question. <laughs> but the point is, one of the point. my point is, and I, the, I didn't say this to you last night. I kept it hush-hush. I am so... Sick of hearing about it. I know you are. I don't. It's like, oh, he didn't deserve it. That doesn't have anything to do with the gold glove. <laughs> you, don't nothing. Think, you don't think that's ridiculous? You don't think it'd be like if I if I cheated on significant others and then condemned somebody else for doing it? He didn't. Well, nobody cheated to win any gold glove. Sure. He cheated. It's talking about undeserved awards. Yes. He cheated to win a different award that is you compete for. This was just an award given because, hey, you're pretty good at this particular thing that you can't cheat at. So I, not that he, had, not that this isn't a out of the blue bizarre thing to do, because yeah, you're right. The Yankees, you know, there was always that rumor Carlos Correa is going to be a free agent. He's going to New York. He's going to be a Yankee. Of course, he's going to be a Yankee, um, and he fits the Yankee mold. He's an asshole. <laughs> um, people don't like him. But I don't like the fact that like we have to... Everything these former Astro players do, we have to bring up the fact that they cheated at one point. Mm. And I is so annoying. We can have a debate, well, does Carlos Correa deserve a, a gold glove? Maybe, maybe not. Mm. We can have a debate, it was like, why did you say that? But the second I hear, oh, Carlos Correa is a cheater. It's like, oh, yeah, okay. Yes, he's a cheater. But, like, do we have to bring it up all the time? I want to know what George Springer did. Because we don't bring that up with George Springer. I guess. Um George, and here's the thing. George I Springer love, didn't open his mouth to talk about other people's undeserved awards. I love George Springer. George Springer is actually one of my favorite players in the MLB right now. I love George Springer. And it, uh, you know, I laugh at Altuve. I laugh at Correa. I laugh at Bregman. It's like, oh, come on, Springer. You cheated. That one breaks my heart. That was a little random, but like, just a th- like every time any but of these players are mentioned, we call them cheaters. And I'm sick of hearing it, mm. especially since we know a whole bunch of other teams were cheating too. Not to the same extent. Not to the quite extent that we know of. 
there is that letter, that court sealed letter about what the Yankees apparently did that the MLB just, oh, we can't let anyone know that. So we'll <laughs> see. Maybe one day we'll get to see how bad that one was. Mm. But that's the reason I just, again, not that I disagree that this is just a outlandish, bizarre statement. I just don't like the fact that we brought that up. Mm, okay. All right, fine. Moving on then. <clears throat> I have something I want to talk about here specifically because we in New England being around the greatest coach of all time in the NFL and the greatest team and dynasty, we have a particular view of Mike Tomlin and the Steelers. And I'm guilty of this too, of just being like, he's not that great. He's not up to par, blah, 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 blah. I think Mike Tomlin deserves an apology and a ton of credit for what he is doing this year and what he did last year and the year before when Ben got hurt and he had to play with Mason Rudolph and what was it? Duck Hodgins. <laughs> um, okay. In a offensive league now where it's tough for defensive coaches to win and you have to score a lot of points coming into the Sunday game against the Chargers. Now they put up 37 now, so I'm sure those numbers are going to go way up from what they were before. But coming into that game against the Chargers, the Steelers didn't even average 20 points a game. This is very significant because the next team in the rankings for points per game that at least has a winning record was the Raiders who averaged 24 points a game. And now the Raiders don't have a winning record anymore anyway. But <clears throat> So on average, an NFL team needed to score at least 24 points a game to even have a winning record. And plenty of teams even in that like 24 range still even had 500 records or losing records. Tomlin is scoring about four less points a game in an offensive league now, and yet he has a winning record. Dealing with a quarterback in Big Ben who should have retired, Big Ben averages five yards pass, which is the lowest, by the way, of any starting NFL quarterback right now. All 32 teams, the lowest, 32, last in the NFL. He has a winning record somehow, some way, because of, I, I don't know. He's able to just coach his way to victory sometimes. He's able to just, what he's done with the Steeler defense is amazing and those drafts and what he has built there on the defensive side. What he's able to do with Najee Harris, despite the fact that I don't think their offensive line is even elite either. They're able to somehow muster some sort of offense enough to win games. They're able to make big plays in the situations that matter, blocking a punt against the Chargers. You know what I mean? Just things like that. Um, so I think Mike Tallman deserves a ton of credit. And I think we look at him in a certain way because, listen, I know that the Pats and Belichick made him look bad a lot. But let's not, that's not fair. Imagine having to go every year and to try to get to the Super Bowl, you have to get through the Patriots and Bill Belichick. We all love Sean Payton, right? Sean Payton won one Super Bowl. And he didn't have to go through Bill Belichick and the Pats all the time in the AFC. He didn't have to deal with something like that. I think Tomlin, I think we have a certain view of him in New England that I'm starting to come around and think it's unfair. Does he sometimes have a problem in games that he's favored in? Yes. He's not perfect. But Andy Reid has clock management issues. Mike McCarthy can't manage a clock to save his life. Sean Payton has had some odd decisions in big games and blown some games you think they should won you know the Vikings game why are you throwing the ball against the Rams when you're trying to bleed the clock in that uh, 
NFC Championship game. I think Tomlin gets a lot more heat. Now, in New England, I think the perception of Tomlin is different outside of New England, but in New England, we look at him in a certain way. And I think he deserves a ton of credit for what is going on in Pittsburgh right now. Because in my opinion, they're a bad team. And yet, what are they, second in their division right now with a winning record still? Third. Third? But they're five and four and one. And they should have been blown out by the Chargers last night. And they somehow came back. Now, I know that's what the Chargers do, but listen, Tomlin, I don't know how he's doing it right now. And they underachieved in some years. You had the best wide receiver, maybe the best running back in football and a Hall of Fame quarterback in Big Ben, and yet you couldn't even make the Super Bowl. But you had to deal with Belichick, and here's the other thing. I am starting to look at things and think that a lot of the dysfunction was not Tomlin, and it has to do with Big Ben. And I know you want to say, well, it's the coach's job to manage that. But when you're the quarterback and you have as much power and money as Big Ben, it's hard for a coach to manage that. Do you know what I mean? It'd be easier if it was just a running back or a wide receiver, something that's replaceable more of, but you can't replace the Hall of Fame quarterback, especially when he was still good. So I think a lot of the dysfunction and the ridiculousness, I think a lot of it falls on the feet of Big Ben. AB is not the easiest, I get that, but let's not act like Big Ben probably didn't make that worse with ridiculous call-outs in the media. Ben has his own neediness and drama. So I've come around on Mike Tomlin quite a bit, and I think he's one of the best coaches in the NFL, and I don't know how he's doing it this year. He deserves a ton of credit for the job that he is doing. Okay, you had me for a little bit there, but you kind of lost me. Why? Especially at the end. So, like, With with the Big Ben stuff? Oh, certainly that. (laughs) Um, I'll get there. Uh, I'll break this down a little bit. Okay. I... You know, I he's, I agree with some things. He Do you at least agree that the perception of him in New England might be unfair? Because when you compare people to this team and this coach, come on, man. What is our they make a lot of people look right, bad. What do you feel is our specific? I think we look at Tomlin as as a as a average coach um who is a bit of a dysfunctional mess. Ooh. Then I think we nailed it. What? <laughs> oh, slightly above average. Um, because, all right, uh, more than slightly above average. He's above average. Um, because, you know, yes, I will give him credit for the past few seasons. And even the past few seasons, I have myself said, I think he is a better football coach than mm-hmm. I thought. Um, and I think his biggest problem is culture. Uh, he clearly... You know, mm-hmm. whether it's him or his scouts or probably a combination of both and, and the rest of his coaches, he has an eye for defense and an eye for talent with wide receiver specifically, it seems. Mm-hmm. He just seems to pick some of the most toxic ones on earth with Antonio Brown, Juju, um, and, you know, a guy like Le'Veon Bell and Big Ben. Le'Veon Bell has... He didn't pick Big Ben. No. Oh, well, yeah, he got Big Ben. Yeah, he inherited He, he did Big inherit ben. Big Ben. Um, but Big Ben got worse. He did. Uh, not on the field. I mean, yeah. eventually uh, he broke down, but, like, how he acts. And, yeah, how can you not put that on the coach? Oh, he's saying, I'm not going to deny Big Ben's a toxic guy. <laughs> he is. I didn't say and I don't that, put any of it on Tomlin. I just think we put too much of it on Tomlin. But it's... It's so many people in this organization. Like, uh, you know, Juju Smith-Schuster is not 
the worst, but he has absolutely some toxic things. He cares more about like TikTok, TikTok and making videos and whatever and then uh, practicing and, you know, playing the games. Um, do I sure you'd like a veteran quarterback to be like, hey, bro. You got to focus here. You got to focus up. You got to watch this film. You got to you, you got to try a little harder. You got to focus less on that and more of this. You can have that, but like mm-hmm. don't make it you you you're focusing too much on the wrong things here. Mm-hmm. But the coach needs to do that too. Yet it, it Le'Veon Bell is another one. Like you got at some point you're like, "Hey man, T E A M, team. Mm-hmm. Like we're going to pay you. You're great. You're going to get your money. But like this isn't about you." Antonio, shut up. Okay, here's my pushback on that, though. Tomlin's not in control of keeping those guys, and I think if it had been up to Tomlin, they wouldn't have signed AB to that extension. Uh, Maybe not. Because he got significantly worse after that huge, massive wide receiver extension. And I think if, you would, if that had been up to Mike Tomlin, I think he would not have done it. He would have been like, we can find another wide that? receiver. He just, in the way that he, he's not, he, he's a very players coach and he will defend players a lot. He never really defended AB. He just didn't want to talk about it, but he never really came out defending AB. And when you're in the locker room all the time, I got to think Mike knew the issues. I just think that the GM and the other people upstairs didn't care enough because they don't look at things the same way and not in the locker room every day. So they're like, Yo, but he's massively talented. His numbers are amazing. We have the best wide receiver in football. We got to keep him. Uh, I mean, I know I'm I'm assuming, and I'm but I'm logically pers- assuming. There's there's a there's a data standard, and like th- there's a reason for why I think this. I you know maybe he wouldn't have gave him the longevity of, and it's not like Tomlin is Belichick who has control of personnel and stuff as a GM. He doesn't. He has no control over that. They have no, a GM that's been there for a long time. I know. Um, but I still, I, I don't see it necessarily as Tallman wouldn't bring AB back. Okay. Because how can you, how can you not feel that way about his talent? It's like, oh man. I mean, now it's not what it was, but like when he was going off, like how can you, how would you not want to bring that back? Because the only person I, I can, I can replace it. Ooh, that talent. That's hard to replace. I mean, I can, I can replace it. To a degree, that's enough. I have a great running back, and I have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Mm. And do you remember some of the things Big Ben has done? Big Ben, all the time, at the mic in the media, blaming other people. Like, by name, calling people out. Including AV multiple times. What the hell? Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. Like, that made it worse. They totally made it worse. Sure, but like... And how can Tomlin control what someone like Big Ben says and does? Tell him to shut his mouth. Tom, you know, Tom's a much more respectable guy, but the players all look at the coach and say, like, he, this is how he acts and stuff like that. And um, this is how he talks to the media. I'm going to be kind of like that. And, like, everyone that comes to New England, some are obviously more talkative than others. Some are just, you know, better going with the back and forth in the media. But none of them disclose any real information. No. None of them really answer any questions to the fullest. Yeah. Um, especially after losses. No, I know. Uh, and listen, Tomlin, Tomlin can still, he's a bit loose for me, And too. remember when Tomlin tried to trip? I can't remember his name. That's true. That was a long time ago. 
and like I'm not saying he's still out there trying to trip people, that set an immediate precedent. And like a lot of players have been there for a while. You know, at, at this point, it's like, you know, a lot of new and young guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the big consistents has been the quarterback. And people. But, but Mike can get better through his career. And that's my point, too, is I oh. think Tomlin is now in a range that like we have to acknowledge the amazing job that he is doing right now. Listen, he has figured something out to keep this team afloat the, for the past few years. And like he, they started. What was it? Eleven and 12 and zero last season, and we all thought the same thing. Like this team is not <laughs> what this record says, and they fell way off. Um, and I gave a, Mike Tomlin, Tomlin a lot of credit. Of you are playing better than you should, and then when they played the real teams, it like it really showed because their their schedule was kind of easy. Hmm. Um. But I have. I've gained respect for his ability to call a game Mm. over the past few seasons. But, like, his culture building is terrible. And I put it mostly on him. Okay. That's that's fair. Does having all these guys in this, like, having Big Ben and AB and Juju and all these people together, obviously that makes each other worse. Mm. But it starts with the coach. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Where would do, do you think he's a top 10 coach? Oh, man. Come on. I think he is. Maybe. Yeah. I have the list. <laughs> I mean, you did put Sean McVay over him, I think, but. I don't remember. I know you didn't, Shanahan. Yeah. I think Tomlin has no, think- at least a top 10 coach, if not pushing the top five. I think Vrabel's better than him. I know you like Vrabel more. I, like, I kind of think Flores is better than Belichick, him. Belichick, Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Mike Vrabel, Frank Reich, um, Sean McDermott, Sean McVay, Mike Tomlin. You put Andy Reid a little high for me. True, I see that. I, I didn't necessarily mean it had to be in order. I was just putting people that I would put ahead of Tomlin. I don't know. I, 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 I'm not. I could even make the argument Tomlin should be ahead of McDermott. Maybe the season's – maybe just take a step back a little with Sean McDermott. Yeah. Not right. that I think he's bad. All right. All right. I, I think it's time. We're, we're going to finish this up. Jesse, okay. you, you get the reins to finish this show okay. off both times. I'm going to start with the Tommy report, the weekly Tommy report. Mm. Um, so it's been a while. We haven't given a lot of updates. But, uh, you know, last week uh, they've been on – the Bucks have been on a little skid. Mm. One week – uh, or uh, a loss before the bye week, a loss after the bye week. They just <clears> lost <throat> to the football team. What the football team is going on with this Bucks team? They mm. lost 29-19 to the football team. They play the Giants tonight. It's a good team to get back on the horse with. Mm-hmm. They're not good. Uh, but also, the documentary The Man in the Arena was released. Yes. We watched the first episode last night. Very interesting, actually. I was fascinated. That was good. Because I love Tommy. Um, you know, talked. I I learned things about Drew Bledsoe a lot. Actually, learned a lot of things about Drew Bledsoe. I felt more than Tom Brady. Um, but it was good. I recommend very much. Recommend on ESPN Plus. The first episode's out on ESPN Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, but we can move. That's your weekly Tommy update. All right. But all right. Darwin Award. The Darwin Award. Let's go. Drum roll. This week's Darwin Award winner, Jesse. Atlanta Falcons. 
Not only are they continuing to be bad. Congratulations. Yes, congratulations. I believe this is their first one. Yes. Surprising. It took this long. Um, but hey, you made, you did some wild things. It was written in the stars. It was so wild. You, you know, everyone makes the joke about 28 to 3. As much as I don't like hearing about the Astros anymore, I love hearing about 28 to 3. I love bringing up that past because um, we reap the benefits. Uh, but, you know, it seems to keep just coming back to the Falcons. They can't escape it no matter what they do. You know, well, you know what the difference between 28 and 3 is? 25. It was a 25-point deficit. What did they lose by on Thursday night? 25. 25. Zip. You lost by 25 points. Uh, and also, why I said it's written in the stars mm-hmm. is because there was an eclipse that night. That lasted three hours and 28 minutes, and it's not going to happen for another 600 years. So that's why the Atlanta Falcons, it was written in the stars that they had to be Darwin this week. It really was. So that has been the Darwin Award, and that has been Slow Your Roll. It's good to be back. Oh, it really is. I wanted the mic in front of me again for like two weeks. That was fun. It's good to catch up on the things we missed. Yes. Uh, So anyway, guys... Thank you very much. We will be back, I think, more consistently on this Monday time slot after we've done everything over the past month and yeah. a half that we were doing. No more planned vacations for a little bit. For, for a little bit. For a little bit. We've got to save some money. Uh, but anyway, at Slow Your Roll on Instagram from clips from the show, obviously on the podcast network to listen to whole episodes. And also, we have a website, uh, slowyourroll.com, where we post Jesse's articles, past shows, current show links and just sports news in general thank you very much guys and have a great rest of your week peace peace